Welcome back to the Evidence for Faith podcast with Michael Lane. If you're enjoying our content and would like to help us keep making more episodes on this podcast, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org slash give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash give. And while you're on the website, make sure to check out some of the other things we got going on, like our specialty programs. We've got one in marine biology, which is an entire marine biology course down in the Florida Keys. And it's great for students ages 14 and up. We also have our biblical archaeology tour in Israel with archaeologists Dr. Stephen Notley. That's coming up very, very soon. So make sure to check those out. And we also have our bookings calendar open. So if you're looking for a speaker to come speak at your event, church, group, school, whatever it may be, make sure to get in your request in right away. And finally, if you have enjoyed a particular series on this podcast, or you want to go back and look at a particular episode, our courses page has every single series we've ever done on the podcast nicely organized in its own course page. And sometimes there's a few extra little downloads and things you can use if you want to go back and study a particular series or share it with a friend or a family. All these links are going to be down in the description if you want to refer back to them after you're done listening to today's episode. And with that, thanks for being here and I'll let Michael take it away. Hi, welcome to Evidence for Faith as we're exploring the armor of God. It's Michael Lane, your host here as we go through this lesson, as we're doing this series here on the armor of God. Oh, we've looked at three of the first three, or first three pieces of the armor. <coughs> Excuse me, we've gone through the belt of, of truth, um, talking about that we, we wrap our, our tunic and stuff in this. We surround ourselves with what God has said, his truth, not what the world says is truth, his absolute truth. We put on a breastplate of righteousness, which is another way of saying the breastplate of holy living. And we've also got our feet with the shoes, the, the Roman type shoes, which were studded on the bottom. And so we have good footing so we can stand firm as we go into battle. And as we look at this next piece, we're gonna be seeing today, as you can probably guess, we're gonna be doing the shield of faith. But let's go back and let's take a look again at this whole paragraph. And if you're following through this, you know I start each one of the lessons with this because this is so important that we know that this is one paragraph, thus every sentence is pertaining to the theme of this paragraph. And we're in Ephesians chapter six, you're probably aware of that. And in, we're doing chap, uh, chapter six, verses 10 through 20. And again, I'm looking at this out of the English Standard Version, which is a word for word translation, so we can get a good idea of what the actual words Paul was putting down um, on parchment as he was writing these things under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So it reads, if you follow along with us, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over his present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So there's our passage. As we're looking at this, at this paragraph and we're taking each piece in order as we go through this, we had our introduction. Remember, this is to the, uh, uh, a bunch of Christians. It's written to the church in Ephesus. So these are Christians as Paul is telling them how to live your daily life in Satan's world um, with all the spiritual battles and stuff going on. How do we Christians fight this battle? And God has given us tremendous armor and weaponry to do it. And today, as we take a look at this, we're going to be talking about the shield of faith. So let's go back to verse 16 and look at this verse carefully. It says, in all circumstances, notice that right there, in all circumstances. It doesn't say sometimes, when it's convenient, uh, or uh, when you feel like it. It says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So what is the shield of faith. Well, Romans basically had huge seal, shields. They borrowed these from the Greeks. As I told you before, when the Romans would come into battle and fight some foe, if the foe had superior weaponry um, or armor or something like that, they usually adopted it and made it standard in their army. The Greek shields that they were using were very, that they came across were very large. Um, the word that's being used here is thurios in the Greek, um, where it says shield. In Greek, it's the word thurios. Now, thurios was a large, a very, very large shield. As you can see, this thing is massive. Um, in, in some cases, it's just like a, um, as you can see, there's a curvature to it. And in some cases, it's a total rectangle. Uh, Calvary units and um, more mobile units would sometimes use these oval ones. And it changed throughout the um, hundreds of years that the Roman Empire was in power. But this is called a thurios. It's a very heavy shield. It's made out of wood. It's very heavy. You turn it over, there's a place to, to lock your arm inside. Um, there's a place to just carry it. And then there's a, a thing that's called the boss. This is a piece of metal. Um, actually, you can do some damage to somebody by hitting them with this. Of course, just hitting them with the edge of the shield. There's a lot of mass here. You can do some damage. But this is a large metal ball that protects. And you can see the hand is behind this, and it protects it. And it's covered in leather. This thing is totally covered in leather. Often, the Romans had designs of their legions and stuff. Uh, what legion they belonged to um, would be designed on the shield. And these are massively heavy. As you can see, it's very thick, very thick piece of wood um, that was used and covered in leather. So it's not a light piece of equipment. It was something a little heavier that you had to take an effort to go and put on. The shield uh, or the breastplate of righteousness, breastplate of holy living, the belt, these are very comfortable. Matter of fact, I could wear this all day long. Um, and the shoes, very comfortable walking around. This is heavy. This takes some effort and stuff in doing this thing and using this. But it was a large shield that they could protect. You could basically hide behind this. If you scrouch down, you can basically get behind the whole shield. And if you have your weaponry, like a sword or something or a spear, you could actually take these things and pull them out. And if they would line up in a long line and be here, they would have helmets on and sitting here with their swords or spears sticking out, you can see that is quite a formidable uh, line that the enemy has to come across. So these things were very, very effective in a lot of different ways. 
as they would be used in the Roman weaponry and for protection. Now, that's this shield. Also, there's an interesting thing about this shield. Uh, because of its large size, they would often use these. The Romans seldom fought just one-on-one. -on -one. They fought in a phallus. They would put um, stand shoulder to shoulder, row after row of these people. They would put their shields next to each other and, again, have their swords or spears sticking out like thus, and they would just be with their heart, with all their armor, they'd crunch down the front row, the row behind would be a little bit higher, and what they would often do then is one of the uh, further rows back would put this over the top and protect the ones. Um, matter of fact, they could actually totally encompass their entire force with shields and just having spears and swords sticking out. They called that a turtle. And it was a weapon that was used. Julius Caesar used it. Many of the Romans used these things in close com uh, combat with the enemy. And it was like the present day tank. Um, it was an armored thing that would they could march with and people would march. Romans would move in a single file with their shields, literally because of their shoes being as effective as they are. They could actually walk and push as a wall, pushing the enemy over. And the first people would be stabbing as they would go through this, stabbing as they're pushing the enemy and stabbing and stabbing and walking literally over the top. The people in the next row behind would have their swords open. Their shields would probably be up higher, but the thing is they're just taking their swords and stabbing the people as they walk through. And they would just go right over the top of the enemy this way and just force them back. So they were very, very effective in the way that they fought their battles. And the shield is a major piece of equipment for them. All Romans would carry these shields. They had some type of shield that they would use. So what does the Bible say the shield is used for? In our armory that God has given us to live um, our lives in Satan's kingdom for this time being, we're being assaulted by him and his minions from all over. How do we use this? Why is this an important piece of weaponry that Paul says, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he says, you take this in all circumstances. Remember it said, all circumstances. You pick this up. What's it protecting us from? Well, Paul goes on to explain what, it, uh, what it's for. It protects us from, as he writes, the flaming darts of the evil one. The flaming darts of the evil one. That's what this is used to deflect. Now, it can be an offensive weapon. You can knock people over with it. But shields were primarily used to actual, um, to pr protect. Um, if something's being shot at you or somebody's taking a sword and trying to come down against you and stuff like this, you have this to help block the blows. So blocking the blows from the enemy and stuff, that's what this is. And the flaming arrows and things. Now, the word that Paul uses for arrows um, or darts in the English Standard Version, it's arrows and others, it's the word bellows in Greek. Bellows is also the word for arrow. It, it's the same thing. So flaming arrows. You protect yourself from this. Now, why did Paul write flaming? Flaming arrows. Why didn't he just say arrows or darts? Why did, he, why did he put flaming? Well, it's coming from the enemy, right? Flames spread, right? The Romans, as I told you, this is a wooden shield. Wooden shields will burn. But what Romans did before going into battle, before walking into battle to go meet their enemy, they would take their shields, they carried large tanks of water with them, and they would soak, they would dip their shields, that leather covering on it, they would dip it right into the water. So the thing is saturated. Yes, it makes it heavier, but now as they take it out and go into battle, flaming arrows, flaming darts hit in here. They don't burn, they're extinguished. 
Isn't that cool? I mean, you have to understand how this works, these, these pieces of armor work. And by understanding how they work, you see flaming darts can spread. Lies of Satan and stuff will spread. And so this extinguishes them. It's literally a fire extinguisher besides being a protective piece. So that's how this is so important. And that's why it's used in this way. So what's the arrows represent? Well, Satan's got a whole quiver full of these things. What are some of these arrows? Let me just tell you a couple of arrows that Satan uses. There's an arrow he'll pull out of his quiver and shoot at us called seducing temptation. He hits a lot of Christians with that. Remember, this is written to a Christian church. This is what Christians are having to battle against. Another arrow he'll pull out and he'll shoot at us is materialism. A lot of Christians really fall into that one and it spreads. A little materialism gets in them and it just starts spreading and it can totally mess up their relationship with God as seducing temptations. Another one, which was one of the first sins having to do with Satan's sin, pride. He loves to shoot this arrow of pride and pride comes over and it stabs us or whatever and pride can take us out. Where we start almost to a point that we become more important than anything else, this human pride. As I said, that was Satan's problem. Pride is in found in, in it is found in so many sins. So many of his arrows have a little dip of pride in them, it seems like. Another arrow that he shoots us with, impure thoughts and actions. Christians sometimes succumb to impure thoughts and it can it can wound them. It can damage their relationship with God. I was just reading this week on the news how a pastor in a church um, got into a relationship with one of um, the married couples in his church, a married lady in his church, started off innocent enough, but then again, um, it started leading from one to another to another, having meetings, texting each other, sending pictures, inappropriate pictures uh, of each other, um, sending it to each other and stuff. And finally, the church found out. I mean, it's, it's interesting, these things, almost always come out like that. And I have seen so many pastors that have fallen from impure thoughts and actions or the arrow of lust that's just taken them out of ministry even. Um, this pastor is no longer pastoring a church. And I was just mentioning um, his elders in the church congregation said, you, you can't be our, our leader like this. Um, you've been shot, you weren't wearing, you didn't carry the shield very well. Um, anger is another one. He'll pull this out and shoot anger. Anger arrows at us, we get angry at people and it can just overcome us and anger spreads so easily. And it's just like you start with a match and it just consumes into a massive bonfire. Anger can do that. Greed is another one, another one of his things. Ooh, I want that, covetousness is another word for that. And he uses that arrow. That's just meaning anything that somebody else has that you don't have, you want. And he uses that to bring Christians down. So we are constantly being attacked and we have to be careful because of these arrows that Satan uses. And how do we block them? What are we doing? We use the shield of faith. It's wet. When we go into battle, it extinguishes the flame. The arrows themselves, which can do damage, this blocks them. This is a tremendous weapon. You see how cool this is? Not just for defense, but also it can be used for offense. This is amazing. So what is the shield of faith? The shield of faith is your faith in the word of God. In this the word of God. When Satan tries to tempt you, when he shoots an arrow at us, you use the shield. The shield is faith in what is written here. And you use this to counter and to protect you from what it, Satan is shooting at us. So the lies, the deceptions, the false doctrines, and all these other things that he shoots at us, we block it 
which is actually this. But to do this, you got to know what's in here, meaning you need to study this. And by having this, when certain arrows are being shot at us, immediately the Holy Spirit can pull up verses that we can protect ourselves with. Even Jesus, when he was tempted, if you'll recall, when he was tempted in the wilderness, what did he do when Satan shot arrows at him? He used the Word of God. He used the Word of God to combat. Even when Satan would say, God did not say, or did God say, Satan is, um, was defeated because of Jesus using God's Word. That's how you block stuff like this. Now listen, because this is really important. I learned this when I was writing this lesson years ago. Many times, it dawned on me that many times Satan will throw lies at us and deceptions. And when we fall to those, it's just not that we sin, we do something. We call God a liar. Now this is Christians I'm talking to. We will sometimes call God a liar. Now, Michael, what do you mean? I don't remember ever calling God a liar, even though I've sinned at times and, you know, I, things will, um, I fall into temptations and stuff and Satan shoots an arrow at me. I never recall saying, God, you're a liar. But actually, I think we do um, by our actions and what we're doing. You see, let's talk about what a liar is here and by calling God a liar. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 15, I'm sorry, verse 10, um, we read, whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. If you don't believe what God says, you just made God a liar. I mean, it's right there in Scripture, it says that. So when we fall into temptation, we know as Christians that God only wants what's best for us. That we, anything that God gives us is good. Um, it's a perfect gift coming from God. And God only wants the best for us. Why we don't have other things, God says, it's not for you. I don't want you to have that. That is not best for you. So a lot of times we, um, a Christian will say, oh God, I really want this bad. I really want this. And God is saying, no, uh, you are not to indulge in that. You are not to get involved in that. And what we do is um, we don't listen to the word of God. You see, God gave us the blueprints on how to live. That's what we have here, the, uh, 66 love letters. He tells us how to live our lives, what's best for us, how to have the most abundant life, John 10, 10. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. God tells us how to have that. But many times what we do is we'll say, well, God, um, I don't think I'm getting it. We need to study this and know what it is. But then even when we are being shot with the arrows and stuff, what do we do? We, we, Satan comes along and shoots us. And Satan is actually saying, whenever we sin, think about it from this perspective. You're living your life. Satan shoots, say, an arrow of lust at you. And you know you should not get involved. You know you shouldn't look at this. This is not going to be good for you. It goes against what God has said. Yet, what do we do as, as humans? And still with the sinful nature in us, we will succumb sometimes to this if we're not using the shield to block that arrow. And so we see the sin of, of lust and we choose to, to, to divulge in it, to get involved in it. Like this pastor I just talked about. I'm sure he knew that what he was doing was wrong, even when it started. It, he knew it was wrong, yet he went ahead and, and did it and got involved in this let his shield down. And Satan just kept telling him over and over and over, no, this is good. You see, what Satan does is get, whenever we sin, and you can trace every single sin. I've tried to think of every sin that I've 
uh, type of category of sin I've done. And in every case, it comes back to this, where I'm refusing to listen to what God's telling me, and I'm focusing more on listening to Satan say, God's not telling you, Michael, the whole story. This is good for you. He's not giving you the full truth. He's holding back enjoyment in life. Isn't that what sin is? That's what sin is. He tempts us. Satan tempts us with lies. He distorts the word of God, saying God's holding back, Michael, something that God knows you will enjoy and that you will like. And what do I do then? I stop believing God and I start believing Satan. Did I just not call God a liar? Because God has said, I'm only going to do what's best for you. Only going to give you what's best for you. Well, God, I think I would be a lot happier and this would be a lot better for me if I did this, which is going against that. And I'm just listening to Satan. Satan's standing there edging on. He's got his cheerleader saying, yeah, go for that because God's not giving you the full story. Indulge in that. It'll be good for you. It'll bring you happiness. It'll bring you joy and stuff like this. And what happens? You feel terrible afterwards. Why? Because we sometimes, instead of carrying this and defending ourselves against what Satan is doing, we set this down and then we're vulnerable. The arrows can come flying. So when we sin, we're actually telling God, God, I, I know I'm not supposed to yield to this. I know I'm not supposed to do this. Uh, but I believe, really, there's part of me that believes that you're not telling me the whole truth. That I'd be a lot happier if I did this. Even though it goes against what you say, I'm going to choose to believe Satan's lies. You know, folks, I truly believe that if we Christians did that, and thought of it that way, and we realize that we're calling God a liar every time we sin, I think we would sin less. I really do. I don't think we would fall as easily. And how do we protect ourselves from that? It's the shield of faith. So how do you fight in this kind of warfare? Because we're being shot at all the time. You don't even have to walk outside your house. People are being shot at all over. In every room of your house, you're being shot at by Satan. So how do you fight in this kind of, of warfare? You fight this warfare by using the shield of faith, which I told you is faith in God's promises, in God's word. And to use your shield of faith, like they would dip it into water, they would take care of this. We need to get into this and study this and know what God is saying. So there's no question in our mind. We need to study the absolute truth that's in the word of God. That's how you defeat this. And use the example that Jesus did. When he was shot at with the arrows of temptation, he used the word of God. He put up a shield of faith and used the word of God. That's how you fight. That's how we do this. The shield of faith is just that. It's faith telling us that God is telling us the truth. And he's only doing what is best for us. That's the shield of faith. It's God's truth and him telling us that what he's giving us is best for us. Don't get shot with the arrows. That's the important thing that we learn with the shield of faith. Well, I hope this has helped you in your walk and in your battle that you go through every single time. Every single day that you live, you're in battle. Whether you acknowledge it or not, if you're a born-again Christian, you're in spiritual warfare. And to be totally honest too, the more of a threat you are against Satan and his kingdom, the more arrows that he's going to shoot at you because you're a threat to his kingdom. So don't think because bad things happen to us at times, well, God must be really angry with me and stuff like this. Um, if you're no threat to Satan's kingdom, he's not going to spend a lot of time worrying about you. 
He goes after the people who are really fighting against him. That's who he attacks. We need to wear the armor. We need to carry the shield of faith. So, carry your shield. Know the Word of God. Until we meet again, take care, and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. Evidence for Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry based in the USA. You can support this broadcast by donating online using the links in the description. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.